Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, who's the sports editor for our Denton County papers, as well as Brian Murphy, who's the sports editor for our Frisco, Little Elm, and Salina papers. And gentlemen, we're here to play some catch-up on some high school baseball and softball playoffs. The second round for the baseball playoffs is in the books, as is the third round for the softball playoffs. And man, did our teams thin out fast. <laughs> as um, you know, last week when we were previewing the uh, you know these. Uh, these next rounds we had at least between classes 6a and 5a we had 11 teams total remaining well in just uh, just a few days time that number is all the way down to three between classes 5a and 6a we've got one softball team still kicking um 6a with plano senior and then um in 5a um we've got uh, let's see or then for baseball we have marcus still going in, in 6a and then in 5a we have <coughs> uh prosper uh, prosper baseball as well so between those uh those three teams we'll uh, we'll see what happens but wow what a uh, what a sober few days as our uh, as our teams thinned out really fast so let's um let's play some catch up on at least what happened within those uh you know these the playoff action last week starting with um a game that i was at on friday the one game uh regional quarterfinal between plano and flower mound um you know justin we obviously previewed this game pretty uh you know in a, in a pretty good graded good uh, good amount of detail last week and then just kind of laying out just some of the different plot points to look for yeah. in this one and um you know if you were just going to kind of lay the blueprint for what plano needed to do to get this one done yeah. You, know, you said start hot, right? Yeah, 5-0, yeah, five zero <laughs> winning will uh, will do the trick. You know, Plano. Um, you know, Plano is about as capable as any team that I've that I can recall. Um, you know, baseball or softball will just string together a big inning. I mean, it just feels like this team, like a, a four to five run inning, has almost become commonplace for this team. And um, you know, despite all of the, uh, you know, despite Flyerman having a really solid defense, um, one way to mitigate that is to hit lots of home runs. Yeah. And um, that was kind of the. Uh, there were some heavy wins out at Frisco Lone Star on Friday. And um, sure enough, the uh, yeah the wind kind of played a bit of a factor, but both teams just really uh, fell in love with the uh, with the long ball. You had Plano hitting three home runs within the first three innings of this game, and then um, you know Flyer Mount was able to add another from uh, from Maddie Carlock. Um, for Plano, this has just been I mean this has just kind of been their uh, their mo throughout the playoffs. Their power game has just gone up a lo- uh, gone up yeah. a level. That is their uh, that was their second three home run game of the postseason. They now have eight home runs total across five playoff games, and they're coming. From I just wrote it down. They've uh, they've got six different players that have already hit home yeah. runs in the postseason, including two apiece from Natalie O'Brien and uh, Bronte Roden. And it's um, I mean that's again like I said, it's an easy way to you know to kind of neutralize a really strong defensive team is yeah. to just not give them a chance to play any defense. The other the other thing I was impressed by is not just the home runs, but you know usually if you're slugging for the fences, you know you can get hurt in other ways. But they only struck out one time mm-hmm. in the whole game too, so. 
And that's kind of been be hidden deep, but putting the ball in play. Yeah, that's been pretty consistent too. The strikeouts have really gone down for them since uh, you know since the playoffs got underway. Um, it, I think just watching this game, the most impressive part of it all kind of came in the seventh inning because Flyer Mound did you know did return fire at one yeah, point. Yeah, I was curious what the uh, there was feel in the stadium was well, after Flyer Mound's seven run comeback last week when they get down. Uh, Get those three runs yeah. to kind of start working back in into six. They were corner. they were down nine to three after five innings, and I, I mean I made sure to note this. Like you could see that Flower Mounds fans at the beginning of the six, they all started standing up yeah. and cheering. Like they kind of had a sense, like okay, this is this is rally time. We've been here before. This is nothing we haven't seen already. Um, yeah, I guess like you said, just as recently as the previous round against Waco Midway. And then to their credit, you know they come out and hang three runs and yeah. cut that deficit in half. It's nine to six after uh, you know after six innings, and you're just thinking, oh. Okay, maybe uh, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe some more late game magic is in store. But I mean, I was most just impressed with just Plano's resilience, just despite that brief rally by Flyer Mound. Plano turns right around in the seventh inning. I believe they got on base their first three at bats, um, all on base hits. Um, they were able to score a run up, um, you know, up that lead to ten to six. Forced a uh, forced a, the second pitching change from Flyer Mound. They actually went back to starter Caitlin Sadler. Oh, yeah. She got pulled midway through, um, and for I believe it was Abby Miller. Yeah, and then they went back to Sadler in the in the seventh, um, but they were able to like it. it you know, Flyman actually got out of that inning. You know, all things considered, in pretty good shape. Bases were loaded with just one out, and they didn't allow any further any further damage. So it was ten six heading into the bottom of the seventh. Um, still plenty winnable for Flyer Mound. Yeah. And then, I mean, Plano was they weren't joking around. Um, you know, sophomore pitcher um, Audrey McNeil is able to induce three consecutive groundouts to second baseman Olivia Gorman, and just like that, one two three, no prolonged at bats, no roll. You know, no drama whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Just Plano closed the door and didn't. Uh, you know, didn't allow any more uh, any more late game magic from Flower Mound, and now they get to you know now they advance to play Odessa Permian in the fourth round. This is the first time in five years that Plano has been in the regional semifinals. Um, obviously, it's Permian, you know, all the way out there at West. You know, there's not a whole lot of commonality between teams that they've you know they've they did play. Um, you know, Keller Timber Creek is about probably about the closest to an opponent within the uh, within the DFW area that they played. They did need three games to get past you know their last two playoff opponents, um, Timber Creek in the area round, and then Abilene in the regional quarterfinal round. But it's a team that if you just look up and down the uh, the box scores, they just like Plano. They um, they they got some pop in their bats. They can hang uh, they can hang some pretty heavy runs in a hurry. So it could be a you know much like Plano Flyer Mound, another series where offense is kind of the uh, it's kind of the order of the day. Now, what are they going to do about travel with that series? Since I guess it's so, so it's far. it's all going to be played out at Abilene Christian. Okay. The entire series is going to be a best of three. So whereas Plano's had you know these past two series have been one game playoffs. It's going to be Thursday seven thirty, Friday seven thirty, and if necessary Saturday at two p.m. All out west at uh, at ACU. Um, you know, wasn't one uh, you know one interesting wrinkle from that uh, Plano Flyer Mound game? Like I said, this is the second time the second straight round where Plano's had a a one game playoff. They thrown their backup pitcher in both of these games. Like normally it's starter uh, Bronte Roden who was last year's you know pitcher of the year out of District 66A but you know in the area round against South Grand Prairie um, you know they rolled with Audrey McNeil and she you know was great. Commandeered a 15-0 shutout and then uh, but they kept kind of that momentum rolling and gave her 
another start against Flower Mound, a um, you know a much I mean a very credentialed Flower Mound team. And I'm talking with head coach Molly Pipeck afterwards. She said it was just simply like they're just trying to get Bronte some rest right now hmm. because she's pitched a lot of innings throughout the season. And just the fact that you're that confident in the depth of your pitching staff. Nice luxury, not many softballs. Yeah, that that you can that you can turn to your backup in a again a one game yeah. <laughs> a one game series against a, a team that was you know Flower Mound was ranked in the top 15 of the state and have the confidence in her that she's going to go out and get the job done and you know they gave up six runs but you know those uh, also those six runs were spread out you know spread across only two innings so there were five scoreless innings that she pitched um, and obviously she'll be you know she's only a sophomore so you know with Bronte Road being a senior you know this is experience that's going to serve McNeil you know a lot of uh, you know it's going to come in good use next year when she's kind of called upon then to take the reins in the in the circle so just yeah just an interesting wrinkle is just plain really flexing the depth of their of their pitching staff so far um, but yeah outside of uh, yeah that was you know happy news as far as our team staying afloat because that was uh, that was more so the exception than the rule because we had a lot of other teams that just fell by the wayside in a pretty uh, pretty rough fashion typically in one of two ways either they played a team from East Texas or they played a team from district 12 6a mm-hmm. which is like the Woodlands Conroe ISD district um, yeah I mean I'm not even <laughs> district 12 6a was I mean it's I don't know if either of y'all have seen the Avengers movie they're basically mm-hmm. Thanos at this yeah. point <laughs> and the uh, and the Metroplex teams are like the infinity stones as they uh, that district, uh, <laughs> no, it was. It was like I mean, all four of those teams they swept eleven six A, and then all four of those teams I believe from twelve six A made it to the regional quarterfinals. And just looking at the teams that they've taken down, just some juggernaut programs. Most notably, Capel Baseball, yeah. which lost a best of three series to uh, to Montgomery and softball. And softball lost that, to Oak Ridge, got that's, swept. That's shocking. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't wasn't expecting that. What's what's the deal with Montgomery? Is, are they just well, that's our, like yeah. well, I was talking with um, you know, with Devin Hassan, who's um, second in the district. yeah, who's our Rowlett Mesquite mm-hmm. reporter, and he had a lot of his teams, you know, went up against, yeah. you know, he covered Mesquite ISD. They played that district to mm-hmm. begin with, and then one of his other teams, Saxe, played the Woodlands. Well, what that district does is they actually play three rounds of district games, yeah, because it's just a sixteen district, so there's five district games. So they played fifteen games total. The first on um, the first set was just a round robin, and then they just did a home and home series. So it's like a mix of the. A mix of the two. I remember my, some, some of my teams did that maybe like four or five years ago. So you saw then if you looked at their uh, at their district records, none of the records just jumped off the uh, off mm-hmm. the page. Yeah, um, and none, each other, though. yeah, yeah, none of these teams were state ranked or anything when the playoffs begun. But it was a case of just you know just there's a lot of parity between those top four, and it's the good kind of parity, the kind of parity that like oh wow, yeah. this team actually yeah. this is a really good baseball district, and it's translated so far as like I said, all three teams have gone three rounds deep, and that uh, it came at the expense of some of the uh, some of the better teams and. Uh, in our area, you know, most notably uh, Capel Baseball, Justin. Yeah. Talk about just what I mean, just kind of, kind of combing through, uh, you know, what you're able to read up on that series. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Uh, a surprising elimination in the second yeah. round. Second round again for Capel, and, you know, both both years this team, you know, had what it appeared what it takes to, mm-hmm. you know, get all the way to state, but go down in the second round, and I guess you got to start with just the heartbreak. So this was a weird setup here where the first mm-hmm. two games were in Capel, so Montgomery wasn't even guaranteed a home game, yeah. but they, uh, they got a game two win to force the game three down in Montgomery, and just uh, the Cowboys actually blew the save mm-hmm. twice. John mm-hmm. Cashmere, their starter, threw six scoreless to start. They got off to a great start, but Montgomery scored two in the seventh to tie it up to force extra innings, so it goes to extras. Uh, Josh Bartolacki gets a RBI single for Capel, mm-hmm. so they get the lead back, but then Montgomery gets two more in the eighth to pull out the win. They got a single with one out and then a sacrifice mm-hmm. fly to, to win the game, so... 
uh, very tough way for it to finish for the Cowboys. Um, you know, basically two blown saves in yeah. one game. Two one run losses yeah. after taking game uh, game one of that series three you, to one. You know, they had a chance to close it out. They won the first game. They mm-hmm. had a chance to close it out on game two on Friday. They actually hit four homers in that game, and they still come up short in that game six <coughs> to five. They were mm-hmm. trying to come back, but couldn't do it. So tough, yeah. tough way to go. Another team that won game one but lost games two and games three by one run was the Prosper Softball. Yeah. And that was kind of a shocker yeah. to me because Rachel Acroat, she'd been awesome all year long. And I guess, you know, Hallsville uh, kind of figured her out a little bit. They, mm. they scored uh, five on her uh, in game two. And then she uh, she pitched seven, 70 pitches through three innings in game three. So she had to come out. Uh, and then Prosper gives up six runs. They lost game two on a walk-off. So oh. kind of a devastating fashion. So it looks like Hallsville kind of had the momentum going into that game three, and they just barely hung on and, and beat them six to five. But that main key in that series was to knock Rachel out as early as you possibly can because mm-hmm. you don't want her going the distance. Yeah. And that's what, that's what they were able to do. And, and Prosper was sent backing a lot earlier than I thought they would be. It's no, I mean, Hallsville's got, you know, some pretty decent softball tradition, especially mm-hmm. in recent years. You know, they went to the regional finals back in 2015 and 2014. So this is a program that is, you know, they're not just here by accident. They're accustomed to making deep playoff runs. But, yeah, Prosper was certainly one of the teams that you thought was on that short list of favorites to come out of Region 2. Mm-hmm. And Hallsville baseball also yeah. looking pretty good, too. They just knocked off Wakeland after Wakeland won Game 1, and then Hallsville, yeah. they steal Games 2 mm-hmm. and Games 3, not in as, as dramatic fashion as softball, but Hallsville, they knock out the you know defending state semifinal, semifinalists mm-hmm. in, in Wakeland, and now they face Prosper. We were robbed of a Prosper <laughs> Wakeland <laughs> third-round baseball series. I was so looking forward to that, yes. but it didn't happen. Hallsville versus Prosper should be interesting, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, Hallsville, whether it was Hallsville, Texas High, Forney, I mean, a lot of those, those East those East Texas schools really did a number on the uh, on the Metroplex. Yeah, you had. Texas High got the Colony, yep. and you know they only scored one ru- in one inning in that game. But unfortunately for the Colony, it was an eight-run inning, and mm-hmm. they beat the Cougars mm-hmm. eight to five. So um, tough finish for the Colony, but a good season for them getting mm-hmm. to the second round for the first time in program history. Then you had Forney taking care of Reedy. That was a sweep. But although, like I said beforehand, there was a, a you know moral victory to start. You know, pro- you know Reedy was able to snap. Um, I've, going to mispronounce his name, Mason Englert. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, his, um, just his state record for, uh, you know, most consecutive scoreless innings, Reedy was able to snap that streak early on into that series. Ultimately, though, didn't, you know, didn't mean a whole lot as Forney's offense was just too much, yeah. it sounds he, like. He went into that game with 55 consecutive scoreless innings mm-hmm. pitched. That's insane. The, the record was like a 40-year-old record, what we mm-hmm. talked about last week. But yeah, he had tied I, it, right? So did he get the one he and tied it to break it? I don't know. Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. have to check that later and, and tweet that out or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was going to be you know like forty. You know, they just where their pitching would be the suffocating thing. But you know, they hung twelve and then ten runs on them in games one mm-hmm. and games two to complete the sweep. So there's even if you know Reedy had you know figured out the the forty pitching staff, I, they still would have lost mm-hmm. because Forney's offense was just that good yeah. too. So tough draw there there in the second round but still a good season for Reedy getting their first ever uh, playoff series victory over Lake Dallas in the first round. It wasn't all sad news though we did have a couple teams that are still bound for the third round you know you've still got Prosper kicking around in baseball as do you with Marcus Um, just either one of y'all just some kind of thoughts on what you saw to either the Marauders or the Eagles over the weekend. Well Prosper's had has back-to-back sweeps now uh, over Sulphur Springs and Centennial but they're close sweeps it's not like they blew anyone out like Forney Blount Reedy Mm -hmm. so you know they're not dominating folks yet but you know Prosper is a is a is a tough team, and I you know I expected them to beat Sulphur Springs, and I, I expect them to beat Hallsville, even though Hallsville took care of Wakeland last week. 
For Marcus, they're uh, going to the third round for the second year in a row after getting to the regional semis last year, and they picked up a nice uh, sweep over Belton this past weekend. They won the first game 6-4 and then finished them off 7-4. Good starts for Marcus. They scored um, four runs in the first in game one to kind of stake that lead, and then they scored three in the second to get an early lead in game two, so they were just able to kind of hold them off and kind of lead throughout. Good pitching again for the Marauders. Blake Mayfield's got the win in the first game. He actually struck out 12 in just five and two-thirds mm-hmm. innings. And then um, in the second, they used uh, three different pitchers. Justin Kleinsorge gets credited with the win, but Caden uh, Lopez and Tyler Morgan were strong in relief. So um, uh, offensively, you know, the usual suspects, suspects, Ryan Hunt, Zach Jordan, Will Harrison, Blake Mayfield, Dimitri Pedridis all had pretty solid, mm-hmm. consistent series. So uh, Marcus is going to get Waco midway now. And Midway beat Grand Prairie in three games in the uh, by district round, and then they got a sweep over uh, a team Marcus knows, LD Bell yeah. from district. They swept them, so pretty quality Midway team. They're going to play game one, seven Thursday at Midway, game two, seven Friday at Marcus, and then if they need a third game, they're going to meet up Saturday night in mm-hmm. Cleburne. One thing I uh, you know I saw what is it three out of the four teams from five six A still advance because mm-hmm. you have tr- uh, South Lake and Byron Nelson yeah. on the other end of the uh, of the bracket so five six A no it was it was no fluke their sweep of six six A was certainly yeah. <laughs> was certainly justified one thing um, when you mentioned uh, you know, were talking about Capel and I, I remember you know the cautionary tale that you noted you know a ways back mm-hmm. around realignment time because now with you know with the end of baseball season and softball season this is now just the end of Capel's time at least for now in Region yeah. Two. And I remember that cautionary tale you issued, you know, you know, it's on the surface, you know, there's, you know, you might get a more preferable first round draw, you know, in a lot of these sports, you know, making the move from region one to region two. But, you know, it was, uh, if you're just kind of looking back at these two years for Capel, I mean, the rest of the region, the rest of the region really, uh, you know, really did a second and third and fourth round games were maybe a lot tougher than some people might have thought going into yeah. it. So kind of a cautionary tale is, you know, programs like Plano ISD and Allen prep for the move to, to Region 2 now, that there's still plenty of talent there. You know, it's, obviously you're not going to have to worry about going up against, you know, Louisville ISD and South Lake Carroll in the first round or yeah. anything, but as Capel's shown, it's, there's still uh, you know there's still plenty of talent lurking throughout that region. Um, let's see. So I guess, yeah, that'll about round it out, at least for, um, you know, looking at uh, 5A and 6A. We did have another team, um, you know, in 3A, Sunnyvale, that's still kicking around. We're going to talk about them a little bit later, but in the meantime, there was a 4A softball team that got booted out of the playoffs. Also, Salina. That's right. They, My they bad. Beat. Yeah, didn't want to skip over poor Salina. Yeah, can't forget Salina. Yeah. So they faced Crandall, the number five ranked team in the state. Salina unranked, and they upset Crandall in game one, three to two, with their you know not their start original starting pitcher, uh, Michaela Galloway was their starter in all three games. Mm-hmm. She started a few games uh, throughout the year, but Randy Dobbins was their main ace. Yeah. Uh, but Michaela Galloway is still a very good pitcher. Um, Dobbins was unable to go due to you know off the field issues and whatnot, but Galloway pitched very well. Uh, but then game two, Crandall got the best of them, two zero, and then. Crandall was just too much in Game Three and beat them six zero, but still uh, a great year for for Salina uh, softball. So we will pick this up in a bit with a look at uh, Sunnyvale, and as they are now uh, three rounds deep in the baseball playoffs, um, but now we're going to shift our gear once again to the uh, to the gridiron. Like I said, we're going very football intensive with our our fast forward rewind student athlete spotlight. Uh, this uh, for today, our focus is going to be on Prestonwood Christian, one of the uh, the reigning uh, Taps Division One state champions, and a chat with their uh, with their star tight end Austin Stogner, one of the top tight ends in the country as he talks a bit about his offseason and um, the build to his senior year. Um, we'll have that after a word from, uh, from this sponsor. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Keeping with our system, keeping a fast forward rewind this week, we had Preston Wood, have tight end Austin Stugger. Austin, give some insight to all the hard work y'all put in the repeat as champions. Uh, we worked hard. We started the day after we won the championship. Uh, we got to watch some film. And uh, we've been reviewing our film from last year, seeing the defenses. We've been running a lot of defenses, see where we can, where we can pick them apart. And uh, we've been working. The, the, uh, are y'all um, relishing the opportunity? Then, then, like this year, y'all were everybody's target, but nobody knew if y'all could get it done. This particular group. Now y'all know y'all can get it done. And everybody's gonna be gunning for y'all. Mm-hmm. You think it's gonna be? I think make it a lot harder to repeat. Uh, we know we can get it done. It's gonna be just as hard as last year, but we we'll get it done this year. Give some insight to what makes our offense so explosive. Uh, we're fast. Uh, we lose a lot of tempo. We give the ball to everyone. Uh, everyone has the same amount of touches. And um, you don't know who's going to get the ball at any given play. That's what makes it so so hard to guard. You feel any more pressure the fact that uh, people know who you are and you want to keep keep key focal points and people are going to shut you down and try to shut the offense down? Or is it something that's just using to make you better as you get ready to go, go to college? Uh, it makes me better. I mean, if they, they lock me down and if they try to bring two over, someone's going to get – Someone's gonna be wide open, so that's what happened in the state championship game. They uh, doubled down on me, and then um, we had a ton of holes that again we picked them apart. How, how much are you relish in being a leader, uh, along with being a playmaker for this team next year? Uh, being a vocal vocal leader is important. I mean, uh, we need some leaders in this team, senior. So I got we got to step up. Where's your confidence level? I got I'm pretty sure it's at a ten. In fact, that y'all y'all already got that ring in your pocket. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we, we got a lot of confidence. We got to stay grounded, though. We know we can know we beat. We can beat anyone. Get some insight to your schedule, the fact that y'all play a tough non-district schedule to get ready for the private schools. Uh, yeah, we play first 6A school, so that's going to be fun. And um, it's just, it'll get us better for the, for the district. When people, like, some people say, uh, oh, Stockton, he's good, but he's playing against private school kids. Does that bother you, or does it add motivation? Uh, I mean, it adds motivation. I mean, I'm playing against the best in the country. I mean, Brian Williams, number one safety, go against him once a year. And uh, we got a lot, of, a lot of D1 talent here. Give some insight to your recruiting. How did it go for you and what led you to be in with Sooners? Uh, last year I got a lot of offers during spring. Um, then I took a lot of visits during spring because I didn't really like the recruiting process. I just wanted to get it over with. So uh, I took like 17 visits and I decided to commit to Oklahoma. How big a deal is it to go to your senior year? All you have to worry about is trying to get that state title and put up good numbers to help your team win games versus with school and doing yeah. the you know going playing the game on Friday and flying somewhere on Saturday morning. Yeah, I took a, took a lot of stress out of it. I mean, I already took my official visit, so I don't want to take that. All all I got in the spring is going to win another state championship. <laughs> Do you, does it, does it, is it still flattering the fact that people are still trying to come after you even though you got you you're firmly committed to OU? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, law schools try to come at me and text me all the time, so. I sh- I'm, I'm understand with OU. Give some insight to the, the support you got, because some people kind of get jealous, but here it's like everybody's embracing it, and they support you 100% on you going through this process and being there for your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my team was a big process. I mean, I got a lot of my looks. I got a lot of um, publicity. So now it's, now it's my job to give my teammates publicity so they have the chance to go. What's some insight to the team camaraderie and what makes y'all good? That people don't know. Most people see y'all on Friday nights mm-hmm. putting up big numbers, but people don't see like with the work y'all put in. In fact, like y'all going at it hard right now, as if it's already September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go we go real hard all the time. So we um, we do a lot of seven on seven that helps us helps us get the uh, team team chemistry down, and uh, we uh, 
we've been playing since, with each other since like seventh grade, so we got a lot of team chemistry. So, so, so it would be nice to say that 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 y'all have to come get, come with two rings instead of one mm-hmm. to, uh, to to accomplish our goal and leave y'all mark on this school and mm-hmm. and taps. Yeah, well, we got we got three. We won it freshman year, and so we'll get we'll get another one senior year. Yeah, I talk about being being that team to be the most decorated team to come through Prestonwood. I hope or so. Yeah, <laughs> so. talk about that. Uh, yeah, our basketball team they they do a lot of stuff for them. So they got we won six in a row. So. Yeah. So how much that inspire you? You see friends on the basketball court that got two and three rings. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta go get ours. And give some insight to what the 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 mentality is because, like, for BMA practice, people are flying around and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we play we play everywhere out there, so we play offense, defense, special teams. We don't have very much numbers, so we gotta play everything. Do you, Do you feel comfortable playing um, defense in? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I I started there sophomore year. And then last year I took a step back because I, I got I had an injury, so I just played offense. Got you. So is it going to be the game plan next year? Or are you just going to play by ear since you since you're a lead talent on both going both ways. Uh, I'll play offense and defense next year, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> Did you got any, any goals? We know your offensive guy. You got any goals on the defense? Uh, I don't know. Just be the best we can be. I don't know. I don't want to put any numbers on it. Just come out week in week out, play the best we can play. How do y'all keep from being complacent? Um, it's it's like we. We just work hard every day. That's how we we just work hard. The coaches keep pushing us every day. Like they don't really care like how good you are. They're gonna push you push you as hard as they can. Hey, what's a scout? If I'm sitting there, somebody has never seen Prestonwood play football, what would be a scout report on your offensive defensively and what makes y'all special? Uh, offensively, I mean, we play fast. Um, everyone's gonna get the ball. We're gonna go out and score. So uh, we'll put we'll put up a lot of numbers in our defense. So. We'll shut you out. And uh, you want to get some um, some um, props to your friends, your friends and family that support y'all. Cause I know y'all y'all big cheering structure here at Prestonwood. It's serious business. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, my teammates tell me a lot. I mean, so I go against Solomon Verdell every day. They keep on making me great, uh, make me great, and um, it's just that that going against the best every day help, really helps me get better. What about y'all support groups, like all the fans and the parents that come to the games? Oh yeah, my parents come to every game. My grandparents come. My grandma. Uh, my friends. And you have a message for people like, man, they got that one ring. They're going to be good with the with what they got. They ain't going to be ready next year. Because, you know, some people think y'all going to get the, as they call, fat cat-itis. Yeah, no. We'll, no, we, we put in work. We put in work. We stay grounded. I'm not going to say we're going to go out and win another one. We're just going to we're gonna put our head down and go to work. Thanks again to Austin Stogner for taking the time to chat with Kendrick for the Fast Forward Rewind Student Athlete Spotlight and uh, to round out the podcast and being joined by Devin Hassan. Devin is our sports editor for our Rowlett and Mesquite papers. And as I mentioned, we're going to uh, you know pick up with one of the uh, with one of our teams in Class 3A that is still uh, kicking around in the baseball playoffs. Talk a little bit of Sunnyvale, Devin. You know, the Raiders are uh, bound for the third round for the first time since 2014, back when they went to the uh, third round three straight years. Uh, they're fresh off a sweep over Gunter. Devin, you were all over this series. What were some takeaways from uh, from Sunnyvale versus Gunter. Well, you know, this was a big step. You know, you mentioned um, that they're kind of recent history. You know, this is a team that's won seven straight district championships. Okay. So they're no stranger to success. You mentioned the 2014 team. That was the 2014 that team that went all the way to won the Class 2A state yep. championship. But since then, they have not passed, gotten past the area round. So this was a nice step forward. It's kind of been a hurdle for them in the last three years. Um, you know, I, I got to see them on Friday. Uh, they, they won 10-1. to uh, Again, that was really close. It was 4-1 to going into the seventh inning. Sunnyville broke it up with six runs. But anytime you look at the playoffs, the baseball playoffs in particular, you look at the pitching staff. You look mm-hmm. at the depth. And uh, what was interesting to me, uh, that Sunnyville has played five playoff games, and they have started three sophomores. Uh, as part of the rotation. Wow. Uh, Andrew Leon, Leon 
Y-O-N. I hope I'm saying it right. Andrew, I apologize. Uh, he's 2-0. and He's won the opener in both these series against Mineola and against Gunter. Uh, Tyler Winfrey started the game against Mineola. Mm-hmm. And then Hayden Hood, um, who I got to see in person on Friday night, was really impressive. Um, he goes the distance. He strikes out 10. And just to kind of show you how off-balance he had those Gunter hitters, eight of those 10 strikeouts were looking. Wow. So he did a great job mixing his pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another sophomore, Will Van Bessem, came on in relief to get the save, struck out the final two hitters on Friday, or on, on Thursday, excuse me, when Gunter was kind of making a charge there to, to, to rally in the bottom of the seventh. So uh, their pitching staff is young, but they're growing up in a hurry. And so that's one impressive thing to me is to have that number of arms. Um, you know, you look at their lineup, uh, junior Logan Titsworth leads off. He really does a good job setting the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just listening to the people behind me, he, he, singled, he tripled in the first inning, and he singled in the in the third and the kind of the, the people behind me are going oh he just singled uh you know what a letdown because wow. it's not extra bases because you, you, you kind of see where to set you know, the bar people yeah you kind of <laughs> see what kind of uh, hitter he's been all season again leon is, is in, the, in the second spot uh, simon bells went three for four on friday mm-hmm. um and then they have some good senior leadership there in the heart of the order with guys like justin robinson tj gleaves uh chance work guys that have been there through the playoff you know experience in the past uh, that, that they can really really rely on um again will be Bestum is a key part of that uh, uh, lineup as well. Uh, an outstanding shortstop. He made a couple of really great plays uh, in that game I saw mm-hmm. Friday. And then another sophomore, Matthew Herrera, kind of rounds out that lineup. So, you know, Sunnyvale, um, they, they play Edgewood this week. Uh, if you want to buy into the rankings, <laughs> which I don't, um, <laughs> they, you know, they're ranked number nine yeah. in the Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association class. Yeah, it's a handful. Um, it's top ten in the state, Devin. Yeah, yeah. It's, but you know, but they, they yeah, are yeah. thirty-two and five. Yeah. So that speaks to itself. And, and you know, you kind of look over that region. Uh, Beckville is state ranked. Uh, they they only have two losses on the season. Pottsboro and Hugh Springs are still alive in region mm-hmm. two. So Sunny Mills got a tough road to go you know even if they get past Edgewood but you know I think there, there is a, it's a good mix of younger kids and older kids and obviously getting past that hurdle of getting to the third round yeah. uh, for the first time in four years is a huge confidence booster. I'm looking at some of these scores so far and I mean you mentioned just the young pitching staff and just how I mean they've been lights out <laughs> in the yeah. postseason so far of their uh, they've played five playoff games and they've given up one run or less in four of those games. Yeah. Not sure what happened in game you know what is it uh, game one of that uh, or, uh, yeah yeah game one of the Gunner series, but outside of that, I mean, yeah, like you said, their pitching and defense has just been money so far. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and the, the Gunner, that, that Gunner game, that game one, uh, it was it was a seven to three going into the top of the seventh, mm-hmm. um, and, and Gunners, you know, rallied for two runs. But yeah, outside of that, they've they've really been lights out. Um, you know, starting and and the guys they bring it on mm-hmm. relief. Was it? I mean, was that kind of an expectation? You mentioned the run of district championships, so obviously there's reason to believe this team can do what it needs to do in the regular season. But was there kind of a vibe that this team might? Be. I mean, it sounds like at least with the sophomores, they do have a you know good deal of experience back. Was it a team that kind of looked like they might be capable of getting you know over that second round humper? I, I think so. It, it just depends on how they develop. You know, yeah. when they the, the year they won the state tournament, um, they had two got Jake Wilcox and Nathan Hawkins. Mm-hmm. They had two, I mean, college bound standout pitchers that they can run out there every series. Yeah. And they but they were proven. One, you know, Wilcox was a senior that year, Hawkins mm-hmm. was a junior. You know, these guys it was going to be all about how they developed during the course of the season. And it's really hard because they play in one of those districts where they don't get a lot of competition during the course of the year. So it's really kind of hard to gauge just how good they are uh, based on their district competition. But they play some tough opponents in non-district and obviously they grew up during the course mm-hmm. of the season and they're proving the playoffs. In regards to what happens against, you know, state ranked Edgewood, it does sound like they are set up pretty well, you know, to continue 
continue this run for years to come. They, they've got a nice nucleus, like I say, especially on the mound, but also in the position guys. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those guys, you know, as, as a lot of class three programs too, you're not just a pitcher. You know, you go, when, are you, when you're on the mound, you're in the field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they have, they have a nice nucleus to build around. And Sunnyvale, in all sports, seems to, you know, bring up those young, young athletes that, yep. uh, that thrive, at, you know, early on. What kind of series details are we looking at as far as where uh, them and Edgewood are going to play? They are going to play Thursday night, the opener in Wiley, uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, Friday, we're going to shift over to Rockwall Heath mm-hmm. uh, for Game 2. And then, if necessary, Game 3 will be Saturday at noon at Rockwall Heath. Okay. And you're planning on being at Game 2 of that series? I will be at Game call. 2. And if there's a Game 3, I will be at Game 3 as well. All right, folks. Yeah, so for that, you know, for you Sunnyvale folks and just for folks in general, you know, for the uh, for the playoff baseball and softball games that we'll be covering this week, you can catch all that good stuff. You know, our game stories, video highlights, rapid reaction podcasts. You can check out all that stuff out at StarLocalSports.com. Otherwise, that'll do it for this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Devin, appreciate you for tagging along. Uh, Big thanks to Justin and Brian for helping out as well. Uh, Folks, you enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you all later. Thanks again to our sponsors, Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.